the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I've been in conversations with God. Please, please take your seats. And recently, what I have been, you know what I've been sensing? A deep sense of reverence. I feel like I'm just getting to know God. And my prayer has been, I really just want to know you, you know? He's so big. Yesterday I was praying, I was saying, Lord, you're so big, yet you make yourself so simple that I can literally come to you and complain. You see me on my good days. You see me when I'm having a moment. I imagine... (laughs) I was actually singing that song, you know, um, everything you hold in your hands, still you make time for me. I can't understand. Do you get mine? And I praise you, God, of earth and sky. How beautiful is your unfailing love. Unfailing love. And you never change, Lord, you remain. And you never change, Lord, you remain. The only one with my unfailing love. Yeah. Unfailing love. One day we'll come sing it. It sounds nice as a guitar. Yeah. So I asked God what he wants me to do with the church. And he spoke. Just the fact that he speaks. That's just a big deal. Can you imagine one night I'm just seated and a dream comes and says September 3rd, 20, is it 2017 or something. The ministry starts. You go look at the calendar, September 3rd is a Sunday. He speaks. It says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you save both yourself and those who hear you. I want you to hear me and hear me well. And if you're a leader, if you're a minister, if you're in any form of capacity, hear me five times. Because this is our direction. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. I asked God, what does he want us to do? And he said, the focus over the next period will be two things. Your doctrine and your life. Those two things. Your doctrine and your life. And I think, you know, for somebody who's a um, Bible school graduate and currently uh, pursuing doctoral studies in the same, 
I think I, for some reason I was a bit blank. I'm like, doctrine na foot. You know those are words that we use, but sometimes we don't really. Do you ever sit and think, what is doctrine? Or how important is doctrine? And, I, I, and you know, the way I like to relate with God is I ask him very direct questions. So the conversation continued. And I asked, and if, in case you want to know maybe whether I was in the belly of the glory, no, I was just chilling. <laughs> I was just chilling. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was chilling. I was actually in a conversation with God. And I think for a moment, my wife couldn't tell. She just noticed, I think she was saying something. Then I was like, uh, uh, sorry, you were saying? She's like, oh, he's having a moment. So it was one of those. And I asked him a question. And then got busy, and the next day continued the conversation. Even last night continued it. And I asked him a few questions. I said, ah, God, I'm like known for, you know, like the supernatural. So when you said doctrine, it doesn't sound very, you know, doesn't sound exousia-ish. <laughs> and he answered. He answered with the scripture. And yesterday I just removed my um, shyness. I asked when before I said, okay, so God, what is doctrine? <laughs> and I heard him answer. Even before I did any research, I heard him answer. So he wants us to focus on two major areas your doctrine and your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Take heed to yourself, heed to yourself. And, to your and to your doctrine. Notice Timothy is told, in doing this, you will save both you and those who hear you. So you have to take heed to yourself. That's your life. You have to learn how to manage the affairs of your life. And then you also have to learn how to be consistent with your doctrine. Those are two very vital things. Doctrine is a codification of beliefs or a body of teachings or instructions. In our Christian sense, I would say doctrine is one's understanding of God in his vastness. When I say his vastness, I mean his word, his move, his, um, his testaments, his oracles, his statutes, his values, his principles, everything that has to do with God and how you apply it to your everyday life choices. For example, what you understand about God in the context of prayer will determine whether you'll be prayerful or not. You, what you understand about what prayer does for you or what prayer does with regards to your life will determine whether you'll be prayerful or not. And then what you also understand about prayer and the word will also determine what kind of prayer points you pray. What you understand about, from the, biblical, from the divine perspective about life will determine what kind of choices you make, will determine what kind of friends you have. You'd, it will determine how you respond to situations. And so the two things we'll be dealing with are your doctrine and your life. I want to just tell you one or two things about doctrine. Number one, for a man of God, and this is a charge to me as opposed to Fred and to everyone else, but I'm starting with myself. For a man of God, you're only really working if you're laboring in doctrine. You're only really working if you're laboring in doctrine. First Timothy 5 verse 17 it says, 
Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Which ones? Elders, if you know in the scriptures, were pastors, right? Especially those who labor in the word and, and doctrine. Those who labor in the word and doctrine. So meaning, for me, the biggest test of whether this church is actually doing something is if I'm to sit and analyze someone's doctrine from the day we met up to now. So especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. And we are going to, it says labor. We'll work at this. We'll work at this. Here's another thing you should know about doctrine. By the way, if you didn't get some of the definitions, perhaps I was talking fast. You know what I'll do? I'm sure you know what I always do. Marcel, my foundation class. That way you attend. Doctrine is something that must be taught slowly. It can't be taught haphazardly. I'll tell you this. I've had situations where perhaps people expect that um, I will maybe every Sunday you'll come here I'll teach the, the 17 mysteries of the heavenly dimension. Do you know that if I was to be teaching like that, I would be spoiling you. God reveals himself in phases. I'll give you an example. When you read the scriptures in Deuteronomy, God told Moses something. He said, I did not reveal my form to the people because if I did, they would have created statues, they would have created idols of it. But then to Moses it says, he saw the form of God. He revealed to him face to face. That shows you something. It means that there are certain things that God does not do until you've reached certain levels. It's a fact, there are levels. And so Moses had pruned his heart to such an extent that there was no idolatry in his heart. So he could see the form of God. Whereas the others, who could even make a cow? What more if they saw God? They would have made something. They would have made something. So that's the way uh, doctrine works. It should be taught slowly. I'll show you another example. Look at Hebrews chapter number 5 and verse 11. In Hebrews 5 verse 11, um, maybe from, for context from verse 9, this is really quickly. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Uh-huh. Called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. How many of you have seen Melchizedek in the Bible? Remember Pastor Matthew literally taught on him, right? And we are told that Jesus' priesthood is in the order of Melchizedek. And you can see that even by the emblems Melchizedek used. He used bread and wine and that's communion. Let's go on. And then he says, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Uh-huh. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. No matter how nice the chicken is, if you try to give it to a one-month baby, what's supposed to be good for them can end up destroying them. The point here is this. We'll not rush. We'll not rush. We'll not attempt to look like the most mysterious people. We'll not attempt to look like the most strange people will go slowly by slowly by slowly will teach principles from the very beginning we won't rush 
And I will show you from the scripture that this is the way it's supposed to be. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9. Isaiah 28, verse 9. How many of you have been blessed? So if you've come to a place where, hey, I said, how many of you have been blessed? <laughs> if you want to grow, this is, the, this is the best period for you. Look, it says, whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make understand the message? Those just wind from milk, maybe from verse 28, from verse 8, sorry, for context. Uh, God was rebuking. Give me verse 8, please. Okay. So God was rebuking these guys. 7, 7, just for context. I'll read it quickly. So God is rebuking them, right? And then he says, but they have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. Stop taking intoxicating drinks. They will make you err. And then it says, the priest, I said amen. amen. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. So he's, compa he's comparing what happens to a person physically when they take intoxicating drink. But then now, this was something spiritual. Look at the next verse. For all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Why? Give me the KJV. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. Next verse. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. Will not rush things. If anyone was to ask me to be very honest, what's one of the biggest challenges when I first started ministering? Um with the church one of my biggest challenges was I was in a rush I felt I needed to teach every revelation or else they'll run away <laughs> and then also for a while it felt like the audience and I were like sizing each other up they also came to say let's see if he's good enough to be my pastor and so it's like it always used to be when Joanna when they came Pastor Maluk you guys know yourselves and the looks that you used to give. It used to be so intimidating. So you'd always feel you'd need like the most classic of sermons. So you, you peruse through the belly of the glory and, and then when you come through. I wouldn't be surprised one day if I, from the, I'm from the entire realm and I ask, Lord, what is this? And he says, this is the belly of the glory. <laughs> but I, I, I hope you're hearing me. So one of the things we we'll do is line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, what we'll be doing is this. We'll be re-looking at all our foundation classes, our orientation classes, all the classes. There might be some things we might add on. Most of the lessons are very effective. Some we might add on a few things. And what we'll do is that if we add on something, we'll have, let's say, a meeting for the whole church for everyone who took it and just teach what we've added on. But we're going to do line upon line, precept upon precept. There are certain sermons which maybe I'll teach here and then perhaps in cell, you'll go through the sermon for two months. I, it, it's okay. If, for you to know one plus one is two, you are not taught once. Notice it kept building grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. So it will be line upon line, precept upon precept. Another thing you should know about doctrine is that doctrine is needed for you to be able to evangelize. 
Titus 1 verse 9 says, Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. I asked God, and these are my uh, final two points on this one. I asked God a question. I said, remember the question I asked? I'm like, where is the, where is the, you know, you know me, where is the fire, fire? He answered with Mark 1, verse 27 to 28. Mark 1, verse 27 to 28, which is my next point. Then they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. That shows you something. Doctrine is actually the key to the supernatural. He says with authority, meaning there is something he knew. There was something the Apostle Paul knew that the sons of Scatha didn't know. Such that in the spiritual realm, it seemed you are promoted by virtue of the knowledge you have. Such that when the sons of Scatha are trying to cast out devils, they're like, wait, Jesus we know. Paul registered in the spiritual realm. And I said, who are you guys? Those guys didn't know anything. They would say in the name of Jesus whom Paul teaches. They didn't know Jesus. And you know the thing is that we're going to shift from knowing Jesus by his attributes and coming to know him as a person. Do you remember that man in the scriptures? The man who was made to see. And when the Pharisees questioned him, he said, look, I don't know this man whether he's a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind and now I'm healed. Meaning what he had encountered was healing. But later on when he came outside, he found Jesus. So meaning beyond the healing, he now came to know that Jesus was a healer. Praise God. It's the key to power. It's the key to the highest dimensions of power. After all, with doctrine, we're really talking about the word. And in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Uh, Matthew 7, 28 to 29. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority, not as scribes. No, we're not going, for example, when we teach our doctrine on divine health, we're not going to be pleading with the sicknesses to feel pity for you. No, 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 no. We will teach with authority. And, and as we speak, unclean spirits and things will start leaving people's blood. Things will start leaving people's minds. Things will start leaving people's hearts. Because we're going to teach with authority. Praise God. Finally, proper doctrine is the gateway to the glorious church. You know, scripture is what is called the glorious church, right? Ephesians 4 verse 11, and it's, it's a vision I saw. I saw a vision of vessels, and they were all vessels of honor. The Bible says in a house there are many vessels, some of honor, some of dishonor. And it says whoever purifies himself, or become the latter, meaning a vessel of honor. So meaning you can make a decision to be a vessel of honor. And it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping or the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. One may ask, do we require everyone to start serving? Yes. Do we require everyone to start doing ministry? Yes, because we are just trying to obey the scriptures. We can't be wiser than God. Scripturally, everyone is supposed to be prepared to do the work of ministry. Everyone should do the work of ministry. 
there are certain things which maybe your calling and all those things would determine certain um, platforms and the like, but there are some things which are non-negotiable for all believers. For example, it says these signs will follow those that believe. Pastor, what if those who believe are so busy in the professional world, as in their doctors, their lawyers, their engineers, and all those things? Please, by all means, do your doctoring. Do your engineering. Go win cases in court. And then afterwards, cast out devils. Heal the sick. Make the blind to see. Then you know what you do the next day? Win more cases. Help more patients. Uh, do more construction works. And then afterwards, you know what you do? Cast out devils, heal the sick, make the blind to see, declare the kingdom of God. It says these signs will follow those believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. That's non-negotiable for all believers. So there are days we'll just have a session how to cast out demons. The whole church. How to minister to a sick person. The whole church. How to cancel someone. The whole church. Those are things that we'll, we'll focus on. Those. The whole church is going through ministry class. So if you're a leader, you can imagine then what's in store for you. <laughs> and it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Next verse. Another lesson, how to sweep the church. <laughs> and it says, and look at the aim. It says, till two of us, no. five of us, no. four of us, no. till we all come to the unity of faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. All of us can rise to being a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The aim is for us to be as he is in heaven. So are we on earth. Not just by proclamation. It should be, how would it be like if Jesus was living this side? Ah, oh, you want to know how it is? If Jesus is there, go meet Michelle. I mean, if you're hearing me, you, you, you understand what it means. Or we become living epistles. Well, before somebody opens the scriptures, they open your life. Just seeing you is a scripture speaking to them. And it says, next verse, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So there are winds of doctrines. This period people believe this, this period people believe this. And it says, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, there are people who are just out there to trick people. None here shall be swayed. So we're going to be dealing with doctrine, and then we're also going to be dealing with life. Let me just read what I wrote on life very quickly. I'll teach on this, but with life, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So life has got its own issues. Life being the opportunity to interact with time, with people, and resources. We've got that opportunity to interact with time, with people, with resources. We'll look at how you interact in the realm of the spirit. We'll look at your heart because it's in it where the world springs of life are. We'll look at how you can deal with issues, issues with time, issues of time and chance. What if you feel time has passed? We'll look at redeeming the times. We'll look at your physical body. And all manners of things with your physical body. We might have a seminar for the whole church, how to exercise. And someone comes to teach us. I'm serious. 
as we were going to go deep, because it says bodily exercise profits little. So even that, even that profit for the body, we want it as well. <laughs> How to eat well, all those things will be there. I just want that when we are dealing with these things, you understand where we're coming from. We'll look at your interactions with fellow men. We'll look at your interactions with the earth and the systems of the earth. The earth has systems. It says as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Morning and night. <laughs> All those things will be there. You have to learn how to interact with them. They're not going away. And in essence, what we are trying to do is this. Look, if we believe what the Bible has promised us that we'll find in heaven, perhaps we can also believe what the Bible has promised us is for us on earth as well. And remember that Jesus came that we may have life. It says the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that ye may have life and life in abundance. And when you look at how God related with, let's say, nations like Israel, or you look at how he related with some of the patriarchs in the faith, like Abraham, people like Jacob, you'll notice God wasn't just concerned about their doctrine, he was concerned about their lives. He participated in Isaac finding a wife. He participated in Jacob when he was being cheated off at his workplace with Laban. He participated in Jacob coming out with something special. He participated in all those things. So we're going to be looking a lot also at principles of life. So don't be surprised if one of our teachings is how to, how to, how to arrive on time. You'll be amazed. Why? Because you can find God in answering your prayers needed you to be somewhere at a certain time, but you were late. So we're going to look at, <laughs> we're going to look at all manner of things. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to join me on this journey. I'm so excited to take you through it. I was going through my notes. I usually have this note where I write topics to teach and I study them and I research. And I think I've written like uh, so far. Please bear with me. It's only been like two days or something. But I think they're like, 20, 30 topics that are already, I'm not talking about just head knowledge. I mean like where it's like written. Well, anytime we can start. And then there'll be more and more and more. We're in for a good five years, I tell you. A good five years. So I really just came to appeal to you today to join me on this journey. How many are joining me on this journey? Where are we? discover God. I still feel like we're still discovering him. Eh? Well, we know him. And at the same time, we learn how to deal with the issues of life. We learn to navigate life. Praise God. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Are, you are you ready? For us to discover God and for all of us to do life together. Glory to God. Okay. I would like to make an appeal. Is there anyone here who's not yet joined the family of believers and you'd like to be born again? Now listen, it doesn't matter how you've lived. You have an opportunity for Jesus to be your substitute because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. You may have started off on the right path or you may have been in the world. Okay. So you may have started off on the right path. Maybe you stepped away. This also could be your opportunity for restoration. So if you'd like to respond to this auto call, I would like you to quickly raise your hand. Hello, don't wait. No, I want to see if my neighbor raised my hand. No, I'm feeling shy. 
imagine like if you're being, if they said, want all those want a million dollars, you will not care. No, my neighbor will see me. And this is even bigger than that. I don't want you to say you do it from your seat. I want you to be so confident because Jesus is calling you right now. So very quickly, I want you to raise your hand if you want to make that public confession of Jesus as your Lord. I'll give you a few seconds. Just raise your hands. I know there are one or two. I'm still giving you a minute. The part where you check on your neighbor. Some are shy. I see your hand. Please stand. Please stand. I see your hand. Okay. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. He just said, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Quick, quick, quick. In the name of Jesus, receive the Spirit. Oh, what a Savior. I want to just now speak a priestly blessing over COL. Father, you know each one of us by name. You have us all inscribed at the palm of your hands. You count the hairs of our heads. You care. You care about the minute things. You care about the big things. You are concerned about our life. For it has never been a sin to be human. You made us so that we can dominate the earth. Our Father, on this special fifth anniversary, as we've been celebrating the grace of God, but I remind you of all the promises that you've given us. You promised me, oh God, you told me. You told me I would meet many people when they are going through storms of life. And that after our interaction, there would be peace. Lord, you showed me that there would be grace for health. There would be grace for health and for preservation. That no one would die. They won't be dying. You showed me that. You spoke to me personally. And you told me what to do to ensure that their lives are preserved. Lord, you showed me that you would raise them to be millionaires. And then, Lord, you showed me that you would raise them to be above in the mountains of influence, that the world would come to us for guidance. You showed me that they would be led by the Spirit, and they would walk in faith. You told me they would listen. You told me they would honor me. And you told me you would honor them I still recount, O oh Lord, those three angels that came that spoke about numbers, that spoke about the gifts of the Spirit, and that spoke about the love of God. Now, Father, I remind you of your promises that you told me that the grace for speed, the grace for speed, and Lord, you spoke to me through my man of God that there will be captains of industry. I remind you of your promises, O oh God. You spoke to me about marriages. That none should lack their mate. And that those who desire to be married will marry well. Lord, I remind you of all your promises. And Lord, I submit this church to you. 
I submit this church to your guidance, to your correction, to your changes, to your seasons. And then, Lord, as I lift my hands, these are hands of a priest. I bless your people. I bless your people. Anything that does not look like goodness and mercy that has been following them, it stops now. I bless your people. I speak this blessing over you. The Lord bless you in your mind. Your mind is productive. Your mind is not a tool for the enemy. The Lord bless you in your emotions. The Lord bless you in your heart. No anxiety, no depression. You have peace. The Lord bless you in your health. Anyone who's been carrying any sickness, I command it in the name of Jesus, get out! The Lord bless you with something to do. The Lord bless you with the ability to create wealth. The Lord bless you with favor with Him and favor with men. The Lord bless you with visions. The Lord bless you with dreams. The Lord bless you with revelation that you may know him to the fullest. The Lord bless you with clarity. Anyone who's struggling in any area of life, the Lord is your help. Anyone who's been going through shame, the Lord is the lifter of your head. You can lift your head again, for the Lord lifts you out of that Mary clay. In the name of Jesus.